Welcome to The Rich Report, a podcast with news and information on high-performance computing. Today, my guest is Jean-Pierre. He is from Atos, and he's the CTO for, he's also the director for HPC at Atos. Jean-Pierre, welcome to the show. Hello, bonjour. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Jean-Pierre. Well, 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 thanks for coming on the show today. You know, Jean-Pierre, I saw your slides came up on uh, Twitter or something, and I was wanting to learn more about your new BXI Interconnect. And uh, it, it was great that we could arrange this and uh, let other people hear your presentation and learn about this because it sounds like a very innovative technology. Yes, thank you, Rich. I mean, it is actually, we, we do believe it's a very important piece of technology that we are bringing to the market with uh, BXI. Bull, BXI stands for Bull Exascale Interconnect. And uh, so it sets, you know, their, uh, our ambition where we want to go. It really is what it says it is. It, it's, it's, this is intended for an exascale system somewhere in the next, what, five or ten years? I hope it's going to be earlier than 10 years. Uh, so today it's uh, 2017. So we do expect that uh, to be able to deploy uh, with our customers an uh, exascale system in uh, 2022, 2023, and uh, maybe earlier. But uh, you know, it all depends on technology and budgets. Oh yes, budgets is always an issue. Yeah. Technology we can we can we can score. Yeah. <laughs> we can do yeah. Well, Bull and Atos have such a, a great long history with large scalable systems. I think this is going to be um, very exciting to learn about this. So, Jean-Pierre, I brought up your slides. Um, I'm on slide uh, okay. one right now. Why don't we get started? Okay, so I already mentioned that uh, BXI is our new interconnect, Bull Exascale Interconnect. And if you want to move to slide number two, uh, I will just set the stage and you know explain a little bit where where this fit into uh, you know our roadmap. And uh, so we came up, you know, we started last year, 2016, and this year we bring up a, a complete new set of products to the to, to the to the market and the architecture around the different uh, arch uh, CPU architectures, so that uh, the traditional uh, Xeon EP, but also Xeon Phi and the GPU accelerators uh, from NVIDIA. We're also introducing this year uh, systems with ARM processors, and um, and all of this is going into our new platform, Sequana, uh, this uh, new flexible packaging, Sequana, that you have a picture at the bottom. And uh, on this uh, platform, we're also uh, providing a couple of uh, interconnects, so traditionally uh, InfiniBand. We've been you know, carrying InfiniBand uh, for a long time, and so it will be available on Sequana. But most importantly, and uh, definitely the topic of uh, today's presentation, uh, we'll have BXI, our new uh, exascale interconnect that uh, we're introducing. And all this is uh, you know, <coughs> orchestrated by uh, our software suite, which we call uh, SES, uh, that you have mentioned here. So this is you know, the product we started deploying last year, and uh, that will complete uh, this year. We'll have a full set. And then you know, when we look down the road, uh, next year, the next uh, three years, uh, we'll have you know updates of uh, of this technology, and uh, the, probably the most important thing of the technology uh, improvement that we see is really the uh, a better integration of all the components, which means that in the same you know HPC node we have a tighter integration of the compute engine, and so it's difficult now to talk about CPUs anymore with all the different kinds, but the compute part, the memory, the network, and the storage integration. And um, you know, 
obviously will improve on the packaging. I mean, and uh, I'll mention a few words of what we're doing there with Sequana and uh, the energy and performance, uh, really uh, optimizing energy for performance and performance for energy. And uh, and this is, you know, the next set of improvement that will be coming uh, in the next few years. And after that, uh, we will be ready for some ex larger uh, exascale deployments. So if we move now to the slide number three, just to set the stage of, you know, why, you know, so much interest and so much focus on, on the interconnect. And uh, traditionally, you know, HPC systems are highly parallel. There is one definition of an HPC system today is that it is a parallel system. And uh, if we're looking at a petaflop system that we've been, uh, the petaflop class system that we've been installing uh, in the recent years, I mean, they were featuring, you know, thousands of CPUs. So now you can get, you know, maybe a petaflop is fewer than 1,000 CPUs. But, you know, this was uh, the, the ballpark, 1,010, between 1 and 10,000 CPUs, uh, typically uh, x86. Um, and you know some some storage, multiple st uh, <laughs> uh, tiers of storage. And but when we look down, you know what are on slide four, uh, what you know the, the HPC system specifically, and especially the exascale system, will look like uh, in the coming years. Um, then you, you can see that you'll have many more uh, nodes, compute nodes, because there is so much. Uh, that you can provide, that a single node can provide. So we'll have more nodes, more parallelism. Uh, we'll certainly have more uh, data, and the storage side will also grow uh, quite substantially. And uh, and here I'm just focusing on the HPC. I'm not saying I'm going to the big data where this part of the storage will be increasing even more. So as we're putting, you know, we're increasing the size of our system in terms of the number of nodes of parallelism, we're putting even more pressure on the uh, HPC, you know, the interconnect. And um, on slide five, if I look at, uh, you know, specification of uh, the ideal HPC interconnect, uh, first, as I said, it has to be scalable. We're moving from, you know, and has to be efficient on the size, you know, between hundreds and tens of thousands of nodes. I think uh, it's fair to say that the exascale uh, system, the first exascale system that will be deployed, will have, you know, probably in the, in the area of uh, 50 to 100,000 uh, uh, nodes. And so this is why scalable uh, scalability uh, is so important. The uh, when talking about systems that size, uh, they have to be reliable. I mean, there is no matter how you do and uh, what kind of uh, uh, components you use, uh, there will be some um, faults and uh, some, um, and you need to override this and to make sure that your system is fault tolerant. Uh, so this goes with some redundancy, a way to, uh, you know, to work around the failures, but uh, this is something that you have to integrate into the design of your system and specifically uh, in the uh, interconnect. Uh, when we're talking about HPC, high performance computing, the next thing that goes with it, and I think it's a, a very important point, is the high performance communication. As I said, you know, when you have so many um, <laughs> threads uh, spread over the, the large systems that need to work tightly together, the communication becomes crucial and very important. And in order of importance, from my standpoint, the most important uh, characteristic is probably the latency, having a very low latency. And this becomes even more crucial as the cores that are running into uh, the, the different nodes are getting slower and slower to be more efficient, energy efficient. So it's a paradox here. You have to, uh, to improve your latency as the core are running slower. 
and um, you know, the message weight, since we have more and more cores and, uh, and different uh, nodes, uh, you'll have you know, how much higher rate of uh, messages that are flowing into the system, and you need to handle that. And finally, bandwidth, which is probably the, the easiest one. I mean, one way, to, one easy way to get bandwidth is to to uh, flatten the the, the links, but uh, it's uh, as I said, you know, it's probably uh, it has to go together with an improvement in latency and the message rate has to be efficient. And uh, one thing that uh, we've seen that was a pain point for, uh, you know, for, for Interconnect was the fact that the memory that would be used for if, you know, to run your communication would grow as the system would grow and uh, has a number of threads in the system, uh, especially for MPI. So having a constant small footprint is something which is um, very important, especially as memory becomes so, uh, <clears throat> so important. You know, the, when one characteristic of the large, uh, the new um, HPC nodes is that they are very fast memory, uh, but that memory capacity is uh, shrinking if we compare it to some you know system that we've been installing uh, over the last few years. So making sure that the memory is used efficiently is very, is very important. Uh, adaptive routing, you know, when you have a large fabric, uh, you want to make sure that uh, you work around some congestion point or you avoid congestion uh, altogether. And finally, you have to be able to handle similar types of, uh, of data flows. Uh, typically, you, uh, you may have various, a lot of small messages that uh, are you know, generated by the MPI, um, uh, the MPI communication. And in the same fabric, you may also uh, you may have to handle uh, at the same time big chunks, big uh, chunks of data that are moved, you know, to your storage subsystem. So all of this has to, to go together. And uh, one of the things that uh, seems important is that uh, you don't want to to do this in the CPU because the CPU, as I said, are growing slower and uh, something that the handle, the hardware should handle, should handle. And this is exactly where BXI on slide number six uh, comes in, and uh, you know to, uh, the different uh, uh, problem that we try to address with um, with BXI. Uh, it is, as I said, our first generation of uh, interconnect, um, and the main feature is that it uh, has hardware acceleration, and so that warranty that you have performance. So performance meaning the compute performance, the CPU are you know freely available to to do for computation, uh, and you know for, and don't have to to deal with uh, with the communication primitives. Again, you know we're targeting low latency, the message rate, and uh, what we think is a good high bandwidth. Uh, the full acceleration in hardware uh, for HPC uh, is done through uh, you know. Um, a low-level uh, library that is uh, Portals 4. So since we were starting, you know, this was a new product that we're bringing to and uh, starting from scratch, I would say, rather than starting, you know, from, on a white page, we uh, we started using um, a library for that was been very uh, much used for communication portals, which was um, developed mostly at Sandia. And uh, Portals 4 is, as it says, the fourth generation, and this is where we start, we started from. And BXI is, um, you know, in a nutshell, the hardware implementation of the Portals 4 communication primitive. It's very well adapted to um, hard, um, for MPI and PCAS kind of type of communication, um, and um, 
there is a good support for a very good support for the high performance um, collective operations. Get back to that again. Um, now this is you know has again BXI is targeting uh, large systems and has to be not only scalable but also efficient and reliable. So in terms of scalability for this first generation, uh, we limited ourselves to a maximum of the 64k nodes. Um, probably in the, in the future generation we'll, we'll increase that. But already today, it seems uh, you know um, that it could bring us already with this uh, size to the exascale. Adaptive routing and quality of service uh, is also um, big features of BXI, and a lot of um, features uh, related to um, error checking and uh, avoiding and uh, failures and correcting errors um, that are from end to end. So checking that what you receive at the end of the uh, one end of the um, of the network is uh, is uh, hasn't been corrupted, but also at every step in as you move data from one point to another in the network, so that the link level um, TRC, the link level we try that we put into place, and then in every little um, chip in the in the communication system. Uh, another important point I want to make is, uh, you know, this is not something that we invented from, uh, you know, from nowhere. Uh, we base a lot of uh, the design requirement uh, uh, on the collaboration that we having with the CEA. So CEA is a French atomic uh, energy uh, institution, and it's uh, one of our very uh, close customer and uh, partner. And uh, BXI is a result of the co-design effort that we have with CEA. On slide number seven, um, just have a small picture to explain how we're building this. And we're basing a BXI on two chips. Uh, on the left, you have the uh, network adapter and chip. And um, so the code name for that product, for that chip was Lutetia. And uh, it is uh, interfacing with the, with the nodes, with the, the nodes through a PCI and by 16 Gen 3 interface, and um, so that's on the on the top and the bottom. You see that there is one link uh, to the network, and the BXI link uh, is 100 gigabit per second, so it's four lane at 25, and it's exactly online with what you have today for other types of interconnect, either InfiniBand EDR or OmniPass One. And the design was on purpose to uh, <coughs> align with. Uh, with current uh, top uh, com top communication uh, interconnection, and so that we could reuse a lot of the technology and uh, and you know have an optimal price. In terms of uh, the goal, the design goal for that uh, network interface, um, we targeting latencies uh, less than one microsecond, and uh, so that's uh, for MPI uh, communication. And that involved all the so that involved this, uh, the different layers in the software stack, but also a couple of hops uh, through uh, different uh, um, switches that uh, you know, like the one that I, you have on the right. In terms of message rate, uh, we're able to handle more than 100 million messages per second uh, on each node. 
And all of this, when you put, uh, you know, the, <laughs> to connect all of these uh, thousands of nodes, we're using a large switch that we also developed. This is the, the other ASIC that we've developed. Uh, the code name was Divio. has uh, 48 ports. So again, the BXI links are 100 gigabit per second, bi-directional. So that's where you, you have you get to 9600 gigabits per second of global bandwidth in that chip. And that probably is worth noticing that it's uh, the highest uh, uh, bandwidth that you have available at the moment in any, in any switch in the ASIC. Um, the, the, the network adapter, you know, the main, just to, to, to emphasize the main features on slide number eight. Uh, so again, it implements in hardware the portals for communication primitives, and that allows to uh, really um, efficiently overlap communication and computation by offloading all the communication primitives to the network adapter. Um, again, it's a very um, well adapted to MPI. And uh, there is in hardware uh, all the features that are handled for the management of all the different uh, uh, communications that are uh, in the flight and also matching at the other end of uh, when you receive a, a message. The uh, processing of that message is handled uh, transparently by the hardware without having the CPU to be involved. Uh, beside MPI, it's also well adapted to PGAS and the MPI one-sided. And uh, that use of ultra-fast path uh, within the NIC. So, well, one thing is uh, you shouldn't should have to mention that uh, you know, to go as, uh, that fast, to be very efficient, you need to uh, bypass all the OS. And uh, this is obviously done in DXI. Um, the uh, collective operation is something that is uh, very uh, interesting. Um, you know, having uh, thousands, uh, thousands of nodes and being, uh, in, you know, uh, being waiting for collective operation like an, an all reduce for many milliseconds sometimes uh, is not something that's going to help your application perform well. So what we, uh, the feature that uh, we uh, implemented in hardware for the for, for BXI is that all the collective operation handled within the, the, the network and that the CPU are not in, um, not involved in this collective operation. You just set up let's say an all reduce operation, and then the hardware uh, send all the, uh, <coughs> the messages that are necessary and using this uh, atomic uh, operation that uh, are uh, being implemented in hardware. I already mentioned you know, the, the, the lot of effort that we put into uh, providing a high reliability on the system and at the NIC level, at the endpoint level, um, the end-to-end -end reliability, which is um, pretty standard for large HPC systems. That's where we check the integrity of the message from one end to another. Also, for specific to MPI, the ordering of the message, making sure that they arrive in the, in the right order. And if something uh, goes wrong, we don't receive the message in the right order. Then it's uh, you know you have the possibility to uh, retransmit all the the lost messages that are uh, and uh, the ones that have been lost, sorry, or corrupt. We have uh, redefining many uh, uh, different uh, report channels up to 16, and so that's a way uh, that we can avoid deadlocks in the network and optimize uh, the resources for the different types of, uh, of workflow that we may have. As mentioned already, small MPI messages, big IO <coughs> transfer. And finally, something which is always uh, very important when you look at uh, performance, 
uh, are uh, a rich set of performance counters uh, that are available at the application level for performance analysis. In particular, in the whole network, you're able to select specifically as you know one type of application, one type of user. So you can really narrow down and uh, zoom down to the whatever performance issue you need to be tracking. On the BIXI switch, so it's uh, as I mentioned, it's 48 ports. So you have a, a floor plan picture on the right. It's 48 port, uh, 100 gigabit links. Um, latency is 130 nanosecond. That's um, pretty good. So if you have a, a big system with 64,000 nodes, uh, you may not traverse more than five of these uh, switches. So that's um, <coughs> a very good uh, uh, low latency. Uh, on the left, you have a picture of one of the uh, uh, instantiation of the switch. Here, it is on a standalone, um, uh, a standalone uh, uh, unit. That uh, it's a one U high and has a 48 uh, ports. So you see here from the from the rear uh, of that um, of that unit, uh, you have in the central part. Uh, uh, you may recognize with the the fan, I mean, sorry, with the heat spreader, the BXI switch in brown. Uh, on the side, you have the Ridenman PSUs. And around the, uh, the switch itself, you see a, a set of little, um, uh, little uh, wires, blue wires that are coming out of uh, different uh, optical modules. And uh, in the front, of the, at the top end of the picture, that's where you have the 48 uh, different uh, ports, optical ports for, for this uh, switch. Uh, so this is an example of uh, how we use this to build very large uh, big size systems. Okay, so on slide 10, you know, here is a summary of the, the different features of the, the fabric itself. As uh, already said, you know, the BXI can scale up to um, uh, 64K uh, nodes and uh, with a very high bandwidth uh, links, 100 gigabit links, four lanes at 25 gigabit trans transfer per second. Um, has some very interesting feature for reliability and where you check, you know, end-to-end -end, uh, consistency of the messages, but also that uh, the message comes in order uh, at every link level. Yeah. Uh, it, BXI was designed to be uh, quite flexible. And uh, for this, we have uh, you know, a full routing table. Uh, the, that full routing table is available uh, for each input port. Uh, so if you're not a specialist, that might not uh, mean much, but it means that uh, for you can implement uh, BXI uh, with any kind of topologies, not only the FAT tree, which is the one that um, we're using on all our systems, but also traverses, flatten, butterfly, hypercube, and uh, you know other things that you may invent. Um, there are specific uh, features for adaptive routing there, avoiding um, working around the congestion points. And uh, we have quite an extensive uh, buffering, uh, uh, which is available for each of the 16 virtual channels that are uh, defined in the BXI. And so that's a way to avoid deadlock and to balance the different kind of traffic uh, that you may have on the on the fabric. Um, uh, you know, an important part of the uh, <laughs> of the management uh, of BXI is that it's done out of band, and so that's a way to um, to make sure that you can control. All the, all the components in your system. And um, 
on the slide 11, uh, here are the details of the, the software um, stack suite that comes with BXI. And uh, hardware without software is not very useful. So on the left, you have the BXI fabric management and the different components uh, that goes, you know, the handle performance, the supervision, and that's, you know, handling failures and fixing them, the topology manager making sure that all the cables are connected to, to, to where they should be, and routing making sure that they're, you know, forwarding all the messages from one, one point uh, to the destination. On the right side, you have the, the user software stack, and if you look at, uh, you know, your application that maybe has been paralyzed with OpenMPI, uh, then, you know, you shouldn't change anything. It will use a standard OpenMPI library, uh, but, you know, on BXI, you would switch to a native interface or the native Portals 4 interface, which uh, we developed with Sandia quite a few years ago, and it's uh, publicly available on the um, source tree of OpenMPI. So your application doesn't mean to be doesn't need to be changed. We'll use still use of the MPI, uh, still use the standard Open MPI library. Just at runtime, it will interface with Portals 4. And as I mentioned, BXI is mostly a hardware implementation of Portals 4, so you maps directly with the BXI hardware. Um, on the right side, uh, you have the user stack. So if you look at the one application, so a user application, whatever it is, let's say a uh, CFD application that is running on your on your system. Uh, if it uses you know um, MPI, let's say Open MPI, it will use the standard Open MPI library that you can download on on the network. What uh, what you know make it uh, will make it uh, work well on BXI is that we've developed over the, the I mean, quite a few years ago already a portals for native interface for Open MPI. And that you know flows directly down to the hardware. Uh, since I mentioned that uh, Portals 4 and uh, BXI are very close together, BXI is really uh, the Portals 4 implementation in hardware. Um, so what I you know what you have to remember from from, from this is that uh, whatever your, your application, uh, say an MPI application, an application using SHMAM or UPC PGAS type of uh, programming. Um, you will don't have, you won't have to change anything in your application. It will use standard library like OpenMPI or Luster or whatever. And uh, then we have been providing over time uh, the portals for native interface for BXI, and that's not uh, that's all ready and working at the moment. Uh, Some a few words on slide 12 about the fabric management software. I already mentioned the, the four important modules that uh, deal with the routing, the superficial, that is uh, handling the failures, uh, the topology, which is checking that all the cables uh, are connected to the right points, and the performance, which you know is something important once you want to improve the, your application efficiency. Um, all of this is done in a, is an out of band, meaning that. Uh, the BXI switch is managed uh, through an external uh, Ethernet uh, management network, and um, it's um, so. This way, you, you you're sure that uh, you can uh, you know control, reset, or manage your your network, uh, even though there may be some internal problem. 
Uh, the one thing maybe I want to have a small, uh, a few words here with this slide about uh, Bull Sequana. I mentioned that uh, we've developed and we started shipping this new platform for uh, our HP high-end HPC systems. And we designed it uh, from the beginning to to be open and modular. And by this, we mentioned being, a, you know, we want to say that it's able to host different kind of uh, of uh, compute nodes, either using uh, Xeon EP, Fi, uh, NVIDIA GPUs, or ARM processors, for example. And uh, since you know, once once <coughs> one kind one type might not feel fit for all uh, type of applications. Again, you know, since we're looking at very large installation with tens of thousands of nodes, uh, it makes it easier if you start with a large building block. And uh, the, the building block for both our platform, both Equana, is a, a set of uh, three racks. You have a uh, you have a picture on the left, uh, which embed you know up to uh, 288 nodes. So if you start with a building block which is you know 288 nodes. Uh, you know, with a few dozen of this, you go up to some very high performance and uh, large systems. But uh, one important point and connected to our topic today is that in embedding, embedding, sorry, different type of interconnect, so uh, InfiniBand, as I mentioned traditionally, but also BXI. And it's uh, fully optimized in, within the, 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 the cell here, the uh, three rack unit. You already have the pre-k, free-wide, uh, two levels of um, switches for the interconnect. And you also embedding here all the service node integrations. So that means storage, administration, logging, and so on. And finally, one important feature of uh, this Pulsequana platform is it's uh, liquid-cooled, and we can uh, cool the whole data center with uh, uh, cold water, which may be at the first temperature of 40 degrees Celsius. That's more than 100 degrees Fahrenheit in the US. So that is make it very efficient and uh, for, uh, for large data centers. And uh, in terms of the, uh, you, know, you can run your data center with a PUE as low as, you know, one zero something, one zero two, one zero three. Um, one example of, um, of nodes that we are hosting in Bolsequana, uh, you may find on the slide 14. Uh, this is a Xeon 5, a nice landing. <coughs> and you see that one of these uh, trays, which is still called blades, even though it's a larger than traditional blades, uh, you have three nodes. And you see on the, on the left here, you have the mezzanine board, and that's the one that you can uh, yeah, that's where you have the, the network interface. So here in our case, it could be BXI. And uh, this is you know, the node level. And then uh, these compute blades, uh, we put them in the front, in the back, on the, each side of, uh, of the cell. So that's how you get up to you know, 288 nodes. Um, we can, you know, it can be very dense since it's all liquid cold. There is no airflow in the system. So on the you have a picture of the three-rack unit on the, on the left. On the bottom, you see the um, uh, logical diagram of how we interconnect the 288 nodes. Uh, you see that you have uh, 12, no, uh, 12 uh, switches that are connecting uh, each of them with, uh, connected each of them with 24 nodes, and it's connected with the second set of uh, L2 switches. On the right, you see how they are uh, wired, so this is a uh, as I said, on the left, on the bottom was the logical, on the right is the physical implementation of this. 
So the nodes are connected to the L1 switch horizontally, it's a small cable that you may see in the back, and in the front, the L1 switches are connected to the L2 switches that are on the top and the bottom of the central uh, unit. And um, so all of this is done with a copper cable, in um, you know, what we call a copper cable backplane. So customers don't don't handle this cable; they all uh, <coughs> they all pre-wired into the uh, sequenum. So, and uh, it's uh, copper, which means that it's um, it's it is not very expensive; it's quite affordable and a uh, very high quality signal for this size of um, of um, of links, which are less than two meters. And on slide 16. This is how we interconnect, uh, two examples of interconnection of different uh, sequenum cells. On the right, you have direct connections, so that works pretty well for system size that are less than, say, 2,000 nodes. And on the left, with a full factory, you can go to uh, tens of thousands of nodes. Finally, um, just I want to mention uh, on slide 17 that uh, BXI is um, alive and uh, kicking pretty well. Uh, we had our first prototype installed uh, back in October uh, 2016 last year. Uh, it was a 256 node KNL and uh, was installed at CEA. Um, we were able to run obviously as, you know, as soon as it was installed impact uh, and it was on the top 500 list uh, uh, in November and uh, the green 500 list as well. Um, uh, we also, but I mean, this is, uh, Limpac is one thing, but uh, the, our customer, CEA, uh, has been uh, using the system to run full applications, and uh, we always seeing pretty good uh, performance on, on this one. Uh, there are, at the level, um, if not sometimes much better than uh, what we have with um, EDR and sometimes Omnipass and Omnipass. The um, we we're waiting for the final um, the final uh, uh, spin of a uh, stepping of the of the chip of the network interface, and uh, we start uh, before the summer uh, the full uh, deployment of a system at CA, which will have more than eight thousand nodes. Finally, just a slide of conclusion on slide number eighteen, um, just to mention that. Uh, BXI, uh, so we is uh, well and alive, and we have our first prototype I just mentioned uh, that is already uh, installed at the customer site. Um, we do, uh, <coughs> we will start pretty soon to install a much larger system uh, with the same customer, CEA, with more than 8,000 nodes, and we have more customers that are already enlisted um, to use BXI. And this system will also be installed, started to install in 2017 and next year as well. Uh, well ongoing is, uh, is one thing to have developed all the hardware. The software is, uh, you know, uh, still <coughs> uh, uh, the software development is uh, is ongoing. You know, adding more feature, more tuning to all the different uh, software components, and we're also looking at growing the BXI ecosystem not just working with our partner and all the software that we are designing ourselves, but also we are planning to open up uh, uh, BXI, which is the software part, uh, to, um, to a larger community and uh, to start the open BXI 
you see the logo on the right uh, initiative pretty soon. Obviously, this, as I mentioned, this is our first uh, uh, network, BXI, uh, the first generation. We are already planning and preparing BXI2 and BXI3. And uh, just uh, you know, to mention uh, the, you know, where we're going, we want to integrate a much wider range of technologies uh, beyond what we, what is possible today with BXI. And for this, I mean, we are also uh, looking at uh, new usage models, and uh, not to mention, you know, uh, big data or machine learning as uh, two examples of things that we're looking at. So with this, uh, I conclude my presentation on BXI. And uh, Rich, if you have uh, any question, I'm ready. I, okay. Well, thank you, Jean-Pierre. Uh, you know, first question comes to mind, and it, it's why wasn't InfiniBand good enough <laughs> for what you wanted to do at ah. the Exascale? What were the big gaps that you saw? The big, the big gaps of the, I mean, when we started this project is uh, so the. You know, InfiniBand has been improving over time, but uh, it was definitely uh, a lot of it was, uh, you know, was done to uh, require uh, work in the hardware. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the in the, in the CPU, and uh, you know, you would have to rely a lot on the CPU, and especially with the, uh, uh, you know, the many core, the GPU that uh, we were we were planning, uh, this would not do it, and uh, so. InfiniBand is catching up. They're adding more and more features, but they're not, not to the level of what we have available with BXI today, mm -hmm. able to um, uh, handle every, all the communication part in the hardware. They do part of it. They do uh, you know, some uh, uh, differently, but uh, in the end, I, think, I believe that BXI is quite unique. The other point is uh, being able to integrate. And, you know, I mentioned in my introduction slide about our roadmap, that the next step we're looking at is not just building the systems as we, we see them today, but it's also uh, improving the architecture and uh, looking at the much tighter integration of the different components of our systems. And uh, since uh, you know, the, <coughs> the, you know, the spine of our uh, of a, an HPC system is interconnected, something that we needed to uh, control. And yeah. um, so that's uh, for us. It's a very strategic uh, move and uh, development yeah. that we're doing with BXI. Well, Jean Pierre, of course, you know Atos is 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 a cloud company as well. Does BXI uh, technology mm. have a, a play there in the data center as well? Do you think? Yeah, by cloud you mean generic uh, generic data center that is used for other workloads than HPC? Yes, absolutely. That's that's the question. Right. So, at, uh, with this uh, current generation, uh, I, I don't think it would be uh, very well suited. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. first implementation of BXI is retargeting HPC. Yeah. BXI is an HPC interconnect. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. For the time being. Very good. Okay. okay. And then, uh, uh, last question is, uh, you know, uh, exascale systems are, of course, many nodes, you know, lots of racks. Uh, does BXI have a, uh, advantages for applications at the rack level? You know, at the at the base Sequana system, do you think that'll have a um, you know some advantages for you out there in the market? Right, and uh, you know we're always looking at the difficult thing is meaning in being able to implement uh, uh, many you know thousands of cores <laughs> yes. of uh, nodes. 
But uh, yeah, we're not forgetting that uh, you know the big chunk of our the system that we're deploying and even the revenue in terms of revenue, not just the number, uh, are systems that are in the range of uh, you know uh, uh, hundreds to a thousand nodes. And uh, for this uh, set, I mean, yes, BXI is definitely uh, work well. Um, it will, um, especially uh, in the, with the flexibility, you know, having 48 ports uh, enables you to connect uh, a few hundred nodes with very few uh, switches. So it has some benefits, and when you say that, it has some benefits for, um, in terms of, uh, since you have few elements, uh, there will be it would be cheaper, mm-hmm. but also in terms of uh, its efficiency itself, since you have uh, you need to go through fewer hops to get from one point to another. Yeah. So definitely, we didn't uh, we we kept that into mind. Not just the big ones, but also the systems that are in the 100 to 1,000 node yeah. range. Yeah. Well, Jean Pierre, this is very mm-hmm. exciting, and uh, I'd like to thank you once again for uh, coming on the show today. Thank you very much, Rich. Looking forward to uh, to seeing you again. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, coming up at uh, Frankfurt at ISC for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I will be there and will be showing BXI. Okay, that's a deal. Okay, folks, that's it for the Rich Report. Stay tuned for more news and information on high-performance computing.